0: start to understand how their brains work differently and, um, what is required of us to, to make those connections. And, um, I think, yeah, like for me, the biggest thing growing up with, you know, I grew up in the eighties and nineties, you know, you do what your parents say, like that's it. And like kind of unlearning that even from the way that I had raised my own kids up to that point. And, starting to value connection over correction, like the correction can come, but it can't come at the expense of connection. And so if you're not making the connection first and you aren't laying that that foundation, um, your correction, it's not gonna be heard and it's not, gonna, it's not gonna stick.
1: Welcome everyone to Bringing Kids Home, a TBHC Foster Care and Adoption Production. I'm Kristen, TBHC Executive Outreach Manager. We are excited you are joining us today to hear stories of adoption and how any one of us, including you, can make a difference in a child's life. Today's podcast is sponsored by Linebarger Attorneys at Law. Leinbarger believes in being strong corporate citizens in the communities where they work and live. Find out more at lgbs.com. We are grateful to Linbarger Attorneys at Law for supporting today's stories. Now stick around and hear how stories of faith and family help bring kids home.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Curry, president of TBHC Foster Care and Adoption. I'm so glad you're with us. Our guests today are David and Heather Poole. They both grew up in the DFW area, David and Ferris and Heather and Mesquite. For the last 15 years, they have been in the small town of Palmer, Texas. They have a beautiful blended family that includes step, half, bio, and foster siblings, and hopefully someday adopted. David's photographic memory and the ability to never forget a face allows him to be a great uh, communicator. Heather's background helps her relate to our foster children, which inspire them to take God's next step even more out of our comfort zone. The the pull story started because of one question. Why would we need to experience the great comforter if our lives are already comfortable? Man, what a great quote. David, Heather, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you. We uh, really appreciate you guys asking us to do this. We're really excited to share our story.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I
3: can't wait to kind of let you guys in on our journey.
2: I'm excited. All right. Well, before we do that, I want to know, um, this is a question for both of you, obviously, but. How has David's photographic memory impacted your marriage? Is there ever an argument over the facts? I just can't imagine. We
0: don't argue ever. Yeah. Jason, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> we have never argued in 15 years.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'll try. And then I'll just immediately understand where that goes. And,
0: um... So he actually, his, his memory is incredible. And in the way he can remember a face like somebody that we've seen just like one time randomly in a chick-fil-a and he'll try to remind me you remember that time I'm like no i have no idea <laughs> like i just don't i don't have that gift so it's it is crazy yeah
3: yeah and it's funny because it does it goes right in line with what i do for a living and you know it's just having this photographic memory of the way things look and the way things are supposed to look um and when they differ from that it just that's where it comes in to, so handy for what I do, but yeah, as far as it, it ever caused a problem in our relationship, I don't know, like <laughs> it's like, uh, I'll, I'll say this, that I, I, while I have a photographic memory, I definitely don't have a, a, a memory that allows me to remember all the things that we have to do <laughs> constantly, um, the day of, we'll be like, hey, what time am I supposed to be home, and where are we going, and what, <laughs> what are we doing, and then she was like, are you serious? I, I, I told you this a, a million times leading up to it. And I'm just like, well, I remember a little bit now. Yeah, we've, been, <laughs> we've
0: been all the stereotypes of my big shot planner and telling him where he needs to be. In it, so,
2: Well, I mean, it sounds like you are in the same boat all of us are in. <laughs> yeah, we're all living the same life. Just- <laughs> to some degree, that's for sure um well thank you guys for sharing uh tell us your bringing kids home story
3: uh this is definitely your you you started (laughs) um started with you so i think that's appropriate i
0: i love that that quote that you shared at the beginning uh i think that was a really pivotal pivotal moment for us in in the process of just the at least year-long together process of Praying and um, just seeking God's will in our lives, and we had been in ministry for for a decade. Him uh, a little bit longer before we got married, and so it was. We weren't strangers to um, like the brokenness of families and kids in our community, but I think we we both felt like there was so much more we could do, and so somewhere along the journey of just praying and just asking God what do you want us to do and if fostering was part of his plan for our lives. Um, David actually had heard that quote about um, if, if why would we need to experience the great comforter if we're already comfortable? And we were so guilty of like creating just the most comfortable life you can imagine. I mean, that's the goal for, for parents, you know? We wanna give our kids everything we didn't have we want to just provide stability and security and comfort and um, I think we got to a place where there was a conviction of if we're just doing this all on our own like God's not getting the glory from that and so um, it, it really pushed us out of our comfort zone into a place where we could kind of just invite that brokenness into our home and say hey you know we're here whatever you have for us God we're here and so
3: Yeah, and it's crazy, the trajectory that we were already on, that we didn't realize that was God already putting it in place for us, which is, you know, just being involved in children's ministry, I always felt called to do children's ministry, and it was like there was a reason for that, God was already placing that foundation of being prepared and, and having a heart for kids. And, you know, even when I first you know met Heather and, and we started our relationship, I told her in church, I was like, you're going to help me with this children's ministry one day. And she was like, oh, no, I'm good. Uh, and then she did. And then, then if you fast forward, then she comes up to me one day as I'm we're getting I'm trying to get my mind prepared for like a, a church camp. Um, uh, I was going to speak at a church camp and I was going to speak about the brokenness that these kids have to go through, not even thinking about. You know, just the simple fact of a lot of these kids were probably coming from fosters, or they're, you know, they were having, uh, already being, uh, they might have been in another in another person's home at the time, and and this this church camp, you know, it's got about 400 kids probably to go, and and I was trying to think about how what I was going to do, and Heather was like, you know, it's so crazy, like, have you ever thought about just like maybe like being a being foster parents, and I was like, um. Well um, <laughs> no, kind of, no not really you know and then she was like uh well maybe you should pray about it and no then, you
0: told me to pray about oh, it
3: and, oh and she was like i have been. Oh,
0: well, I no, well she was for like, a like, a well, she was like maybe you should pray
3: about it and i was like well maybe you should you should and then she was like well i have been for like a year and i was just like okay well um i'm sh- maybe i will start praying for it and and if cuz i know we we've seen fostering for this short amount of time and knowing that very much as it's it's it, as we've seen other people do it with just you know having you know you know one one person having somebody help me that is also on that same trajectory and wanting to do it was going to be so necessary to how we did it and so I you know started praying and God just opened doors immediately it was so crazy that yeah. he was just providing all the answers just like that and he was already bringing comfort because the first thing I said was wow, I feel like we've gotten finally gotten to a place in life where we can finally keep our head above water and be comfortable and take care of the kids that we do have. And you're saying, let's take quick care of more. (laughs) And all I could think was as a father is like, no, but but I need to take care of them. And and then it's like, stop, you're making it about you and what your ability is. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to get on my knees. And then, man, I just, for the sake of a long story, (laughs) it was just, it was such a beautiful thing to get us to this place and you know there's a lot of challenges along the way but we knew when
0: people say you know what, what made you want to do it or you know my my instinct gut instinct answer god called us to do this there's no question yeah. in my mind yeah because when when i first started praying about it it was it was very much like i felt like god was kind of this this whole new world was just kind of coming on my radar and i grew up in church and the fact that that foster care wasn't really on my radar until just a couple of years ago. Um, it's a shame, number one, for for the church that we aren't making this more on the radar of Christian families. But um, I, I I knew, and I remember specifically praying and telling her, like, God, I know that you're not calling me to this alone. Like, I know if this is really something that you are calling me to, you're going to call my husband. And so... I knew that it was just a matter of just continuing to pray about it, and when I finally worked up the courage to like even mention it, <laughs> and then we had that first conversation, I knew uh, from then on like I, I had already felt like God was giving me flashing neon signs that I was supposed to that we were supposed to do this, but once we actually had that first conversation, we both started praying about it. It was like he just opened up the floodgates and i mean if we could sit and tell every single thing that yeah. we knew was like god telling us to do the same thing it would yeah it there's was really a lot long.
3: of intri- <laughs> intricate, intricate parts in there that are really cool but um, you know those can be saved for later
0: yeah but, but yeah we definitely knew it was something yeah, God yeah and we still know there. like
3: like as hard as well, one of the things i was going to say was that even though the, even the training and some of the frustrations of getting our home ready you know, all of that could have been something that I think if, if, if our hearts weren't fully into it and we didn't know that God had called us to do this, that we could have, it, we would have found every excuse not to do it. But knowing that this is where God wants us, nothing could stop this train. Like I was just like, <laughs> you, there were so many times where I looked at her and I was like, I don't know if they want us to foster. <laughs> it was like, I know that God does. I'm not sure if <laughs> the people that are trying to, uh, and, and so, but again, knowing that God was the, the the orchestrator of this and we were never, and even still, like the hardest things that we have been through, it hasn't discouraged us. It's only, we've only like, you know what, this is exactly where we knew we'd be. We knew we would have some really hard times and really difficult times and we've experienced those for sure. But we haven't been discouraged once. We've only been just like, the reward keeps getting sweeter almost. It's like, and, and knowing that that those experiences are building us up to tell another story and to have more to, to speak on. And and it really encourages us more than anything.
2: That's really great. You, you talked about something that was really cool in the fact that you couldn't be dissuaded. You couldn't, you couldn't get off of the train you were heading on, basically. Yeah. Let's talk about a little bit of those good and difficult things. What, what's an example of one of the good things that, really continue to encourage you and propel you and one of the difficult things that also continue to encourage you and propel you
3: gosh where do we start right <laughs> one of the good things for me is we have the you know the the kids in our heads that were the really 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 difficult ones is just to make you know something so sweet here it's i think our hardest challenge having that kid <laughs> tell us that he loves <laughs> us Tell us that he loves us. Um, excuse me, I'm sorry. Like that is that's hard for me, but it's so it's so it's so perfect. Um, when he had to leave, getting an "I love you" from him was was really powerful.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely the the connections that we get to build. I mean, I tell people all the time, like I can't imagine not living a life that is like this full and. You know, it's not the way that most people experience family, but um, it, it's it's such a, a rich, vibrant experience of family. And um, it, those connections, you know, I think one of the things we fight, not fight, that sounds negative. But one of the things we try really hard is to maintain connections with the kiddos that move on. And we've had a couple that we've gotten to say a part of their lives one of them we get to go see next week and I'm so excited (laughs) um and so just getting to continue to watch them grow and watch them continue to heal from what they've been through um and just watching families get put back together you know I think so much of the time we're focused on foster care and adoption and our side of the story that we forget about the other side of the story that we get to be a part of putting families back together like there's I mean as much as it is going to be such a joy one day to have a child in our home that's going to stay here forever and we get to call them son or daughter I don't you know it is equally as exciting to me yeah. to, to watch another family kind of pick up from the broken pieces and put it back together and and continue to go yeah. on and, and have amazing lives and so that's obviously one of the big things we pray for and I'm really hoping we've gotten to witness it and I, I think some of the kiddos we have now in our home
3: we're going to get to witness it again it's yeah. beautiful and just to kind of reiterate on the thing where i just started breaking up it just because it was so, such a joyous moment like he had he that the particular kid was he was he was a real struggle the, the entire time and and uh, to sit him down and, and talk to him about you know all of our experiences and, and and what we went through and the ups and downs and and just sharing those moments and and you know just giving him a big hug and saying you know, hey, buddy, I, I love you. He said, you know, I love you. And then he goes, wait, wait a minute. And he goes, I didn't mean that last part, you know, <laughs> like he was, but I, it, it was just that moment. He was, he, I knew that he was comfortable and that he knew that we cared about him. And so that was a very, was very positive to know that even the ones that we think, man, because t- to go into some of the hardships that you were talking about, you know, share something good and share something with us heart, um, that those hardships, we, we beat ourselves up about them you know, we go, we'll go to bed and go, gosh, did we, did we handle that? Right. Did we lose them?
0: Did did we we
3: fail? Like, and it's like, I'll just stare at the ceiling and go, gosh, man, like I, you know, was I the best person I could have been there? I don't think I was. And like, that poor kid is not going to, he's not going to want to be around us tomorrow. And then to wake up the next day and and see how resilient they are. They're already bouncing off the walls and going like, Hey, what are we going to do today? And you're like, you don't you don't hate me (laughs) like I feel like it was you know those are the hard moments we really are hard on because we want them to experience greatness while they're with us but reality is like life isn't always great sometimes life is hard and, and especially in these situations where we have so many kids coming from so many different walks of life and having so many different personalities and trying to connect with them um and having that end goal of like gosh it's so it's, sometimes it can be very discouraging thinking that we didn't do enough or that we, we failed um, in some sort of way. I think that for me is uh, those are always there every, every day. I some, there are times where I'm like, Oh, maybe I, I can do that differently or hope that I hope that they didn't, you know, think too hard about that or they think negatively
0: about this. Yeah. You know? We um, I actually heard something weeks ago. We went to um, a foster, parent like a foster parent marriage conference and one of the things that they said there that just so resonated with me is um one of the couples was talking about how um just the the concept of every child coming into their home being there like god was using that child to refine them as as people as christians as parents and i i was i just the more i thought about that and how every single child that's come like whatever i'm struggling with with a certain child it can be so hard, like, walking that out every single day, but when I think of it from the perspective of, like, God is using this experience right now to refine me, like, yeah. <laughs> it's not about me fixing what this kid is struggling with, or fixing their behaviors, or fixing anything, like, God is refining something in me, and um, just as an example, one of the kiddos we have right now, um, she moves at a different pace, she's very she moves at a much slower pace and and I knew the moment she came into our home like I knew what God was trying to teach me because I am very like efficient like we got it I got my planner I got my checklist I'm just go 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 all day long and the first time I had to take her grocery shopping with me and I, I couldn't just go through the store and get what I need and I had to move at her pace and then we had to try on the shoes and then it was just every little thing. I was like, God, I know you were teaching me <laughs> about something right now. And so I think if we can turn those those negative things into, okay, this is something God has to show me or to teach me about myself yeah. and about my relationship to others, my relationship to him, and then we can we can grow from that as much as we can help.
3: gosh she's so much deeper than me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so it's, it's exactly right. Like it's, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's God knows exactly what we need and he will bring it in there and put it out in our face mm-hmm. and say, look, see what you're struggling with? This is for you. Yeah. You you need this more than they do. So it, yeah, I love it.
2: Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. You know, you, you stumble onto something there when you were talking about laying in bed at night and y'all you were parents before you became foster parents. So you know that every parent does that too. They lay in bed at night and they kind of relive the day a little bit, but there's just something different about being a foster parent and reliving that, that encounter with your child, uh, your foster children specifically. Would y'all mind kind of unpacking the difference between uh, someone who's kind of thinking about stepping into this world of foster care like, well, it's just going to be the exact same oh. way I parent my kids. Kind of unpack that for us.
0: Yeah, I was oh, so guilty of that. Even saying I'm going to love them just like I love my biological kids. Or even, and, and I think I had a little, I was a little more prepared maybe than David because I was a stepmom before yeah. I was yeah. a foster mom. And so um, my our two oldest kids, I love them so much. They are so, so special to me and we have such a sweet relationship. But um, every child is different, even between the two biological kids that I have that I carried in my womb. Like it's it's different how I interact with them, how I, you know, it's, it's my expectations of them. And like, you don't always want to let them know that. But um, 100%, and I, I say this all the time, the the biggest difference is with my biological kids and even our step kids. They never once wondered if they were safe with me. They've never once wondered anything like that. They have felt safety every single day of their lives. It is just innate to their being because of the background. And they know me. They trust me. They have experienced their entire lives with me. A child gets dropped off at my home and doesn't know me from any other lady on the street. They don't know if they're safe with me. They don't know if they can trust me. They don't know if anything I say is is going to be what I actually do. And that is a process. And so to watch kids come into our home and, you know, it it takes a long time. And so I cannot respond to them the same way that I respond to my 12 year old daughter. I can't, I have to, I have to, everything has to come from me with just that framework and that grace built into it. That we're still getting to know each other. Maybe even six months in, we might still be getting to know each other. A year in, you you still didn't have the same background of growing up in my home and knowing what to expect from me and feeling safe with me all the time. And so I think that it makes a big difference in in how we can parent every child
3: at home. Yeah, like just to go back kind of to the beginning of that thought. It's you know whenever we were just in training alone and some of the difficulties of preparing our home, like one of the things that I was so just like arrogantly in my mind saying, like, look at us. Like we, we have, I have a 20 year old son. Like I'm pretty much a professional parent, right? Like he, he, he has survived 20 years. He didn't die. He didn't, you know, all these things. And it's like, but that is, it's so, it's so vastly different to know that. And from that perspective, like Heather's just shared, it's like, knowing that these kids don't know that the, the state doesn't know that nobody knows that except for us. And so we've got to prepare our homes to the, uh, like, you know, I see the value in it. It doesn't make you know, any less frustrating sometimes, but, but seeing these kids come in here and, and, and an understanding that that my duty isn't to do anything except for just try to, to show them, like, what God's love looks like. Not just our love, like what God's love looks like. We love our own kids, but we're also choosing to love you, uh, you know, in, 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 a, in, a, in, in a difficult situation for both them and us. It's like we know that it can be frustrating because we're trying to connect to them, but they may be so terrified of us just because they don't know us that they're going to do a lot of things um, out of spite, maybe, or out of reservation, out of fear. Um, and then we've got to understand that. and and kind of step back and be okay this is why they were doing that let's do everything we continue to do to build trust build trust build trust show them love show them love show them love and then there's there's always going to be a breakthrough you got to look for the breakthroughs by the way too you can't just expect this giant breakthrough that's going to be like oh they love us and they accept us no it's like look for those little tiny victories and go you see it like i i love pointing out those moments too right um if if i if i get a hug that just out it was out of nowhere all will go. did you see that did you see that that that, that was the first time you know and uh those small victories you gotta you gotta go all right god that was you showing the breakthrough um so
0: and i think too just we have to reframe love like when i Um, held my biological children in my arms the first time like love was not an option it was just there I didn't I didn't have to choose it and every other every child that has come into my home that I have not brought home from the hospital that you know is a biological child of mine love looks different And, and it's it's a choice it's like an intentional choice that I make every single day and you know while there are there are kiddos that that come and like the affection may come a little easier with some than others. I think that I don't think that everybody really understands that until you have kids in your home. Um, But there are, there are kids that like, I have to wake up every morning. I have to make the choice that I'm going to love them and I'm going to show that love and I'm going to act on that love and everything I do, it's a choice, you know? And I think that it doesn't mean that one love is better or, or more real than the other or it, it, it just means, like, I've chosen to love you and I've chosen to show you love, and I'm, I'm doing that as an act, not just, like, an emotion in
4: the way that talk all love. Hi, I'm Laurie Henthorne, donor engagement manager at TBHC Foster Care and Adoption. Did you know that there are over 6,000 children waiting for adoption in Texas today? And did you know that there are only about 1,000 willing foster adoptive homes licensed and available to them? These children are coming from hard places and are needing a place to heal. We at TBHC strive to provide homes where they'll feel safe and loved and where they can begin their healing process. What if you could play a part in changing these statistics? TBHC depends on people like you to help change the course of these children's lives. You could open your heart and home to them, or you could come alongside them and help provide for the parents' training or for specialized therapy for a child through your financial support. We invite you to visit our website, tbhc.org, to find out more about us, hear inspiring stories and ways to pray for TBHC families, and to find out how you can be a part of bringing kids home. It, it, it,
0: it just means like I've chosen to love you and I've chosen to show you love and I'm, I'm doing that as an act, not just like an emotion in the way that we sometimes talk about love.
3: And it's important for our our kids, our biological kids that are in the house and, and seeing that. It, it's we've seen them grow. We've seen them choose to like it, it's it's because it is it's frustrating for them to have to share their parents. I'm sure. like they don't they don't say it. Our kids have not ever just said it's not fair that you you know that we have to share you. they haven't, but you can see it in kind of their actions sometimes that they they feel like you know that that sharing it sharing us is hard for them. Um, and so, but seeing us choose to do those things and choose to love these kids, you know, and 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 have these moments with them, I think it's it's so powerful for them because they have grown. We've seen them, and like I, we're so proud of our kids. <laughs> I get to brag on them all the time. I'm like, man, if I just say, hey, can you, you know, keep an eye on him for five seconds while I run over here and grab something, it, it it's never met with again. <laughs> like we have, it, it's just so powerful to. understand like even in those moments like why we're doing this it's also so we can teach the next generation of kids that that are going to be parents hopefully and and, or or or, even if it's just foster parents to to know it, it sometimes you just have to choose love and like every day when you're in the workforce or at school like we know school can be a frustrating place for kids. We know junior high. We can all raise our hands. Junior high is the worst place in the world, right? <laughs> um, but these kids every day as to go to school. We tell them before the night before when we pray, it's like find somebody to help. Um, choose to choose to love. You know, just have a heart to love God and to love others. And this is it. This is this in real life and on display every day. It's it's here. It is. It's on. You know, like it's it. We never we can never turn it off.
0: And I think that's one thing that I really I feel like for me keeps us going is the concept of like living out the gospel every single day in our home and our biological kids seeing that and hoping that that resonates with them for the rest of their life. So like they they saw love lived out as an example, not just words that that people say.
3: Yeah, one of my favorite things uh, at night before we pray, we'll do you know highs and lows and and now and and the other day I asked them I go hey did y'all did y'all find somebody to help today, you know just kind of like we say this every day, find somebody to help. But I finally did. Hey, did y'all find somebody to help today? And it's funny to see their brains thinking what did I do today to help somebody, and they'll find a small victory. They'll say hey, a kid dropped his pencil today and I picked it up for him. And, you know like that. You know what that. That, that's a small victory but that's you choosing to help them you know and and it's funny to see them start that resonates with them like what did I do today and can I do more the next day and it's and those things are just they don't know that that secretly that is that is such a huge inspiration to their parents yeah. you know to see that they are choosing to do those those small little acts
2: that it's huge I mean that's what the call of every parent is to do is to Leave the impression of following the Lord and acting on what He calls us to do. I want to go back in line with that and talk about safety because I love love that y'all y'all want to build an environment for that, but that doesn't come cheap. Uh, it's expensive to create environments that are intentionally feeling safe. You have to create rules. You have to create. Um, the dinner table. Uh, I love what Tony Evans used to say about the dinner table is the husband's throne, the dad's throne. It's the opportunity to speak into kids' lives. But you have to intentionally create safety different than a biological family. So kind of describe to us how y'all came to creating this environment of safety, even though it is felt mostly, but also experienced.
0: I mean, I think it starts with being trauma informed, I think for us that's been the the biggest yeah. thing we didn't know we needed when yeah. we when we started. You know, like he talked about feeling like we were professionals. <laughs> um, <laughs> you think, oh, we raised a bunch of kids, like we got this, but we, we raised kids and kept
3: them out of trauma. Yeah, so, exactly. So it, it, it was, but, was a totally different
0: side of the coin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just getting to the point where you can start to understand how their brains work differently, and um, what is required of us to, to make those connections, and um, I think, yeah, like, for me, the biggest thing growing up with, you know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, you know, you do what your parents say, like, that's it, and, like, kind of unlearning that, even from the way that I had raised my own kids up to that point, and, Starting to value connection over correction. Like the correction can come, but it can't come at the expense of connection. Yeah. And so, if you're not making the connection first and you aren't laying that that foundation, then um, your correction it's it's not going to be heard and it's not gonna it's not gonna stick and so um yeah trauma informed is, is the biggest thing that we definitely did not know we needed and yeah. so so grateful for all of the the tools and resources but um you know and you find out like how much oh wow this is actually really helpful for my my biological kids it's it's great for my neurotypical kids like it's it it's it's all valuable <laughs> it's just you know a
3: and, different framework of doing yeah, yeah and, and for some of them, I, mean, I, I like to try to to be in control and have a system in place and um these kids that, that's not their system and it's not their thing. And so um the trauma informed thing is like you may sit through and go, That'll never work. That's not that's just that's baloney. <laughs> um, but then getting to a point where you uh just say, set aside your feelings and how you want to do things and understand, you know what, I'm going to try it like this because obviously my ways <laughs> do not always work. Um, and maybe it's, they will work with your own kids because your kids already have the connection. and So you're not worried about that. Um, but these kids, once you try it and then you see the success behind it, and then you're like, okay, Maybe this isn't dorky and dumb. <laughs> Maybe it is There's very valuable. I'm <laughs> this
0: is just a bunch of therapists mumbo yeah. I'm not going to give him a tell safe you. space in his closet to scream. Oh, but it turns out that actually made a big difference.
3: <laughs> I have never been more of an encourager to like this, you know, this one particular, uh, <laughs> this one particular guy that I was like, I just, man, I, I don't know if anything, everything he's saying is just so silly to me. Uh, but once I put those practices in, into place and saw the immediate rewards, I was just like, I was so blown away by it that every time I see him, I just encourage her to like, man, like you don't
0: understand. We're not professional.
3: <laughs> we are another. not professionals. Like I even said it today, you know, I had screwed somebody at work, you know, by accident. And I said, um, I said, you know, what? the reason why you got so scared, right? It's because you probably weren't doing what you're supposed to do. I said, I said, coming from a professional dad and having kids, the ones who get startled the most are probably up to no good. And he was like, what, what, what are you even talking about? (laughs) And So it's like, you know, even in those moments of, of just trying to relate, you know, being a father to just being in the workplace sometimes it's like, it it can be arrogant. You think that you're a professional at things because you've done it for a long period of time. It doesn't always work out that way, but understanding that your ways aren't always best, even if you do have a good household and you do have well-rounded children those ways, just, just, you might as well just understand that there's a possibility that they're all gonna go out the door with the first foster kid that you have. Yeah. Um, those ways will not work. <laughs> you <laughs> just have to be prepared for it. They might, but chances are like that, that you're gonna have to be informed to, to a different level and be ready for it and be willing. You know, it's just like you have to have a willing heart. If, if your heart is completely willing uh, to let God lead you, then you'll put aside your own selfish desires and selfish ways and just go, I need to do what's best here in God's way and whatever he has provided for you. Use it, utilize
2: it. Powerful. What is one thing you wish everyone knew about foster care? It is worth it.
0: It's so worth it. And I, and that, and we get told all the time, oh, you're amazing. You're a superhero. You're just, you're next level. I'm like, I am the most regular, ordinary, like, failure mom. <laughs> like, I'm like, we're not special. She's underselling
3: herself, <laughs> by the way. No, we don't.
0: are just regular people. Yeah, right. And that's like, this, is, this is where our hearts are right now, is just wanting to go into every church, every, like, Christian home, can just scream to the rooftops, like, Everyone can do something, and a lot more people can do this than think that they can. Um, it, it, it just takes the like, regular people with love to share, and maybe an extra bed. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. It, it's not. It's not and a supernatural giftedness to do this.
3: For sure, and the, if you if you're you know a lot of people have the mindset of just there's just no way that I can you know say goodbye, and <laughs> you just have to get rid of that thought because. <laughs> <laughs> You can, you, you can. Um, I mean, you, you can't, um, God can't always. Right. And so it's like, if your heart is aligned with God, then those moments are where he's going to bring that comfort. And and I think the people that say they can't just know that you can, yeah. you know, uh, it's, it's you alongside with God, you know, being in, as a team, and you know because he has to be number one right he has yeah. to be number one in every in every walk of life but especially this one being aligned with with god and his word is 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 going to give you the strength that you need um and and to be able to get over that hump of i don't know if i can do it i don't know if i can and it's like i i, I get too attached you know i, I love our our foster agencies sure. shirt <laughs> that says get too attached yeah. you know uh we tell people all the time it's like it Getting too attached just means that you are loving a child exactly the way they need to be loved so they will feel that because if you're not if you're not loving them the way that they should, then maybe a piece of – then you don't get hurt when they leave. Um, But if you get hurt when they leave, that means that you have loved them exactly the way they need to be loved. You need to love them like you're, you're, they're your own children. If you lost one of your own kids, a piece of you should be missing. And it should yeah. hurt, and it should be like that. And that's, so, that's
0: sacrificial love. Yes, that is what we're called and, to do as, it, as Christians right. to love it's sacrificially. A, what fostering is is Jesus. You're, you're <laughs> taking a piece of your own, yeah, whatever comfort and well-being and and whatever, and you're giving that to a kid for them to take with them, you know, no matter what happens. But I, I always jokingly say if you think that you'll get too attached, you should foster middle schoolers, <laughs> you probably <won't. laughs> I said very jokingly, but, um, <laughs> and, and I said, we, we like, getting too attached, I'm, I'm always, like, don't even, don't even go there with me, because I've, I've been there, I've lived it, I've, I've gotten attached to every single child that has come to my home, I have cried buckets when they left, and I have fought to stay a part of their lives and get to watch from a distance much as I can yes you you, 100% you will get attached and it will hurt when they leave and you will be better and stronger for it and so will they and that's why it's worth it
3: even even the like we said even the ones that are super hard we are super sad when they leave and we Mm -hmm. miss them we miss the hardness we miss (laughs) those hey somebody you know like one of one of our kids one time tried to get into a locked cabinet that was out of reach and like we saw all these scratches and stuff around the cabinet I was like what is that and I was like hey did you, was that you? And he was like, um, does it look like fork scratches? And we're like, it kind of does. He's like, yeah, that was me. I was trying to get into the snacks, you know? And it's like those things, like all these moments and all these, all these trials that we go through, it's like in the midst of all of it, when we're lined up with Christ, like it hurts every single time. It's like those hardest ones. I think we miss them more because it's like, You know, when it's like we miss, you know, it's not, we we don't miss the the hardship. What we miss is that child, like, and knowing that, you know, we had, we had a chance to be a part of their life and and hoping that we got to, you know,
0: at least have a positive
3: Yeah. You know, Tony, you just spoke about Tony Evans earlier and something he said, something he had said to me, uh, not to to me personally, (laughs) but I, I was listening to him. So I felt like he was speaking to me he says you know if you're going to be a christian you know you need to follow everything god in every in every aspect of life and following god especially in fostering it's like what he what he said is like he said either you know be a christian and do everything that god has called you to or just take down your sign just take down your sign and it's like fostering is is kind of the exact same thing it's like if you are going to foster you need to do it for the right reasons. And if not, take down your sign yeah. and don't, and don't, don't even get involved in it. Like, right? because it's, it's that important to do it uh, and do it well um, and do it according to God's plan, not your own.
0: Yeah. That means you're going to get hurt.
3: but, but Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> <the point>. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right. Well, guys, it's been amazing. And you've both said our agency, tell everyone who your agency is.
0: Texas <laughs> for home Children. <laughs> we love it you guys are amazing
2: <laughs> that's awesome well it's uh been wonderful visiting with y'all and uh we need to do it again sometime so um thank you all so much for taking the time with me today
0: yeah definitely we appreciate it yeah, yeah.
3: We're, we're we're honored to even you know share our story to, to any degree so <laughs> we try anyone uh, that people, will listen uh, people have learned from me at work if if they say oh i heard you foster like Tell me a little bit about it. I'm like, I'm not telling you a little bit about it. I'm telling you a lot of bit about it. Right. And, and so yeah. welcome up. I'm going to tell you the whole thing. And it's it's inspiring to see people, you know, that that it turns their wheels. I'm like, man, I, I need to know more about that. I'm actually, there's a guy that just came from Florida to, to, to work with us. And um, and he and him and his wife, they want to schedule a time for us to get together and talk about fostering for them. And I'm just like, shout <laughs> from the rooftop,
1: baby. Let's
3: do it. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, let's talk about recruitment after we're done. (laughs) Awesome. Well, guys, thank y'all so much. I feel like I've I've gotten new friends out of this conversation today and I've gotten to know y'all really well. So just bless you for what you do. Thanks for what you do. You're the heartbeat of our ministry. I hope y'all know that and believe it. Without you, we have no ministry to kids.
1: Thank you for joining us. If you would like to get in touch with today's guest or any of our previous guests, you can contact us through our email, podcast at tbhc.org. That's podcast at tbhc.org. Leave us a comment, recommend a guest to our show, and give us a five-star review wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information, check out our website, tbhc.org, and discover how you can participate in bringing kids home.